Oh, welcome to the CX Hustle podcast. My name is Justin Tibbet and today I'm joined by the Country General Manager for Australia and New Zealand at Concentrics, Peter Monk. Welcome. Thank you, Justin. Um, good to catch up. Um, thought we'd uh, take the opportunity of seeing you here at the uh, OzContact 2019 National Conference where you just did a presentation on all things uh, outsourcing and, uh, and also showcased a bit of exciting technology. So I thought I'd grab you and uh, have a bit of a discussion about what's happening with outsourcing in Australia. It certainly seems to be going under a fair bit of change at the moment. Absolutely, Justin. I mean, we've we've been very active in the Australian market for a decade or so now, and um, I think we're living in really interesting times in terms of a, a sort of perfect storm of, I think, consumer capability and desire and technology capability. So lots and lots of changes, particularly around the digital world of customer engagement. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned in that presentation about 50% of your work now is, is non-voice, right? That's a huge shift from the traditional outsourcing. It is. I mean, you know, the, the days of a, of a call centre being a call centre, very much a thing of the past. Um, so we have a lot of channels we now, we now support, and omni-channel, uh, software in our Sydney and Melbourne data centre and so um, e- even some of the channels that uh, were seen as leading edge, things like chat a few years ago, um, we've now got a couple of clients that have turned off the chat channel and moved it all to messaging and so we're seeing constant evolution of the chat to messaging, um, social media certainly picking up and then you know the commercial messaging channels of WeChat and Facebook etc coming into the commercial world. So very much a change in the way that I think consumers are looking to interact with corporations and we've recently done a a couple of studies one was on the use of mobile and uh, interesting enough if you're 35 or under you're spending up to six hours a day on your mobile phone which is which is quite frightening (laughs) and I I occasionally you know get the train to work or something and you you see people the days when I started and it shows my age of reading the newspaper on the train I've definitely gone and everyone's flicking their flicking their mobile screens face down looking through their phones right it's very hard to make eye contact with people these (laughs) days isn't it it's uh, it's, uh, scaring you well now you mentioned um just uh, pick up on one of the things just that they're around um you know they're switching live chat off and they're moving to messaging Uh, I'm assuming um that is around you know, Facebook Messenger and WeChat, the sort of stuff you mentioned, is that is that right? Or? Yeah, it's also there are uh, commercial products, so the commercial providers of chat services of, of added messaging channel. Um, we, we see it as, um, it offers two major levers, and I'm being very simplistic here. I mean, there's a, there's a lever from a customer experience point of view that says um, your history and your dialogue gets maintained, so you can very much multitask it of ask a question, go and make a cup of coffee, get on the train, come back to it, and you don't get timed out like you do with a chat window. So from a customer experience point of view, it offers the big benefits there. From a, from a client point of view or a corporation point of view, um, it clearly allows you to play with staffing levels where instant responses aren't required and people are comfortable to get responses sort of dur- during, their, during their day. Um, so we are seeing some flexibility there, and I think the leading corporations are seeing both customer experience improvements and cost optimization improvements um, happening at the same time rather than being in conflict with each other. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep, understand. You, you mentioned cost op- optimization. I guess one of the big challenges for, from an outsourcing point of view is, you know, if we, we go back not that long ago, it was bums on seats, right? You know, we just wanted mm. to grow headcount um, because that ultimately led to, to more profit. How have you changed the model to, to now make money given that call volumes, I guess, are going lower, but all these other channels are increasing? And, and I think that's the key thing you put your finger on there, Justin. So, so certainly at Concentrics, we operate with a philosophy of um, continual improvement. So if, if we're not continually enhancing the services that we're providing to our customers and their customers, we're not doing the right thing. And, and sooner or later, that catches up with you. So 
We absolutely drive non-value transactions out of the system through digitalization and then rely on advocacy within our clients for other services to be added to us. So for instance, we might start with a telephone channel, um, we might then get the chat and messaging channel, then the social media monitoring, then we might move into back office processes as we're seen to be adding value as a valuable business partner. So it's really uh, sort of a bit of karma. You know, you do the right thing by your customer and they'll do the right thing by you. Yep, yep, absolutely. And I guess all that stuff, as you said, makes them a bit stickier. You're seen as probably a genuine partner as opposed to just that you know, subservient model that's been in place previously. I think so, and I, I do think that's a fairly uh, dead business model. I think corporations, you know, there's, they're expected to get better year on year, and they would expect their business partners to do that for them. So it's very much a, a win-win, I think, across the partnership. Yeah, yep. One of the growth areas it seems to be, I just got back from Manila, as, as we were talking about earlier, is, is the back office stuff. Um, how, how are you sort of poised? And it's not a concentric ad by any stretch, but yeah. it's obviously a, a pretty emerging field. Yes, I mean, we, uh, we very much focus on the customer engagement. So a lot of those activities, you could categorize back office. So things like registration processes, billing processes. Um, so there are back office activities within the customer engagement. That tends to be where we focus. There yep. are um, certainly excellent BPO organizations that focus on finance and accounting or HR or procurement. And, and I think all of those services, um, there's a very strong case for offshoring them. Yep. Um, yep. You know, the, the, the labor arbitrage benefit is enormous. Yep. And equally important though, I think, and you, you did mention Manila, a lot of our services from Australian clients are going to Manila as a preferred destination because the capability both in terms of the staffing knowledge and capability, but also the infrastructure supporting that, yep. um, has been very well developed in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the scale of, uh, of Concentrics, as, as you know, I went and had a look at a couple of your facilities while I was over there. I think 85,000 employees, I think, in, in, in the Philippines alone. It's huge. Yes, it's an enormous um, operation for us. It's a key part of our network, and it really services all of our geographies, which is one of the key things, so not only the Americas and Europe, but but now a significant part of Asia and the Australian New Zealand footprint clearly falls within that. So it is a key part of our network. I think, um, interesting, I was up there with a client last week and one of the questions was around the sort of what used to be known as the follow the sun model. You know, I'll I'll go from the geographies as the sun moves, whereas in the Philippines it's it's 24-7. So we're operating for global clients with multiple shifts coming in and out and... The, the opportunity for the Australian clients is uh, for a certain cohort, say people who've got young children, the day mm. shift, mm. which is the Australian shift, is actually very attractive. Is, Whereas yeah. the night shift <laughs> might be good for you know, young people who want the overtime benefits, etc. But uh, the Australian shift's a very attractive shift for for the more mature agents. Yeah, yep, yep. So with the Australian market, obviously it's been pretty challenging. There's been a lot of changes, I guess, within the Australian BPO industry. We've had some mergers and acquisitions and stuff disappearing and uh, Mm -hmm. et cetera. How are you seeing it all play out? I mean, you're you're a big player down under. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'll I'll start with a global statement and then maybe come back to Australia, Justin. Um, I mean, globally, I think we do see consolidation continuing to happen. So, you know, I think a lot of the top 20 will disappear and get absorbed in, in the coming years because because there is, and again, I'll come back to some of our early statements around digitalization. You know, that, that involves a lot of investment and, and that needs a very strong balance sheet. And so there is a, um, a benefit of, of, of size and scale. So I, I do think we'll see that consolidation continue. Um, likewise, I think we'll see some players decide to stay very niche. And I think there's always gonna be a place for niche providers who are real specialists in their, in their topic. 
Um, so I think there's a sort of middle round there that will we'll find business a bit uncomfortable. And then if I come back to Australia, as you mentioned, you know, I think we've had, um, and unfortunately, some very good companies and some very good people had to close their doors over the years. I think we will see that trend continue in, in that middle ground. Um, which, uh, you know, and I just hope that, uh, you know, a lot of them can get absorbed within some of the bigger players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some of the things, that I guess, in outsourcing, uh, you know, on the surface don't seem to have changed much. And it's probably more broadly the call centre industry, things like, you know, turnover is still a challenge, right, and attendance, etc. cetera. Um, h- how do you overcome those challenges? Because in Manila, I, I sort of felt that call mm. centres is really seen as a career over there, like a genuine career. And people are pretty proud to say they work in call centres. And I think Australia... Culturally, um, call centres are still not the place to be, right? It's uh, it's the beginning of the corporate yeah. ladder, and it's it's a churn and burn kind of thing. Are you seeing that change, or is that sort of being consistent? Um, certainly, I'll start with your Manila statement. It, it is absolutely a career. I think one of the things the Philippines government has done very, very well is look at the education system, uh, look at you know, as I say, the infrastructure, and and it is seen as a a very positive career for the Philippines. I think it's their second biggest industry other than Filipinos working abroad. Yep. And and a lot of our people, certainly with the Concentrics brand, are very proud of it. You know, they we have parent days when the parents come in and, and it's seen as a, a, a very um, good profession to be in. Mm. Um, in Australia, it, it's, it's not quite the same. I mean, I think... Um, people will often get a job because they want the brand. So they'll, they'll join a brand and it just happens the call center is the entry point and yep. then they'll look for advancement within within the company. Yep. So so with that sort of baked in lack of tenure or attrition, which probably runs, yes, you know, three to five percent per month um, in actually both countries, probably fairly similar. Yep. What we're certainly doing at Concentrics, and again, I think it's an industry trend is to say, what I've got to do is put the knowledge, the, the product knowledge, the service knowledge, the customer knowledge in through really good knowledge bases and really yep, searchable yep. information so yep. that then what I need to teach the agent is the soft skills, the empathy skills, the listening skills, um, so that I'm actually spending my time focusing on the customer, trying to get that customer experience right, rather than focusing on product knowledge or, or company knowledge because that should be accessible through the system. So a lot of focus we're putting into that knowledge management area. Yeah, and I guess that sort of also lends itself to, um, you know, through digitization, the stuff that's actually now requiring a live agent seems to be a lot more complex than what it was in the past as well. Very true. In fact, well, we just presented the REST case study here at the OzContact National Conference, and, and very much we have Roger as the front end, Roger the robot, who is able to answer very quickly those, those base-level questions around, you know, USI numbers, forms to fill up, etc., so that when you are getting through to a live agent, you are getting to the more complex answers, the ones that might need you know, a bit of personal intervention or a, a, a level of knowledge that you would want to be doing in a live one-to-one transaction. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so if, if people are out there are listening and, and I know back in the day before I got into the outsourcing world, I was probably always a little bit like, geez, no one's going to look after my customers as well as I will. Um, but the reality is you live and die by the service you provide for your customers, right? So if people are considering outsourcing, what are some of the recommendations, suggestions that you would, you would give to them? 
Yeah, and no, it's actually interesting. And um, you know, uh, the, the main thing I would recommend people to do is, is first of all, go and visit your outsourcer or potential outsourcer and actually experience it yourself. Um, most people will let you double check, so they'll let you listen into calls. Um, they'll certainly let you talk to agents, and so that that is one activity I definitely encourage. Mm -hmm. Look and see and really feel it for yourself. Um, the second thing I'd encourage is, is talk to your peers in industry um, who've both gone both ways, who've done it in-house and outsourced and compare the stories. And I think, um, uh, you know, certainly a lot of our clients will come to us and the reason they come to us is they say, you know what, we are really good at the service we provide or we're really good at the product that we make. We're not customer engagement experts and boy, we can see that you are. And so just again, to sort of play back that numbers game, you know, a typical Australian organization might have a 50, 100 seat contact center. Mm. You can't put the assets into that that we've got 230,000 around the world can do. And, it, and that's where this game of scale comes in that says we can import all this IP, this digital experience from around our network into Australia. And, you know, it, it's not something that you can just reproduce in-house easily. Yeah. So, so for example, I guess, you know, for someone that, um, you know, might need workforce planning or training or HR or something in a small centre, you just can't afford to have a dedicated resource for each of those functions by outsourcing it to tap in, I guess, to all those skill sets and Co not have correct. to pay the full rates, right? Yeah, no, correct. I mean, you're very much tapping into that, that global knowledge base and you're able to tap into shared service resources so that you're... You know, your work, you might only need half a workforce planner and, and you go into a shared service and you just pay for what you use rather than having to have the dedicated body in-house. Yep, yep, fantastic. Um, Peter, great to get a little bit of an insight into the outsourcing world. Thank you for joining us. Um, for everyone listening, of course, you know, there's lots of articles on the CX Central website on outsourcing. And if you're looking for a list of all the outsourcers out there, make sure you check out the uh, directory now at cxdirectory.com.au. Thanks, Peter. And uh, yeah, good luck for uh, the remainder of this year and uh, hopefully... Uh, 2020 is a good one for you. Thank you, Justin. No, really appreciate the opportunity to talk. Thanks, Thanks. very much. Thanks. Cheers.